and we've cleared the episode backlog. Hello and welcome to Dishing It, a food podcast all about Scotland. And as you heard before the Dishing It theme played, we have finally cleared the recordings waiting list, with today's episode being the last of the batch that I recorded last summer. Apologies again. But anyway, today's episode is with Ika Headlamb, the host of the Creative Me podcast, where he plugs what's going on in the creative scene here in the northeast and wider Scotland. Think dishing it, but with a culture and arts twist. He's one of the podcasting OGs, being one of the first podcasts to start in the city over five years ago, and since then he has made ripples in amplifying the voices of the creative community, not only in Aberdeen, but throughout Scotland. There's a lot of hours that go into bringing a podcast to everyone's ears, but being able to have a platform that you can share others' experiences and perspectives is something that you can't put a price tag on. And that was something that Aika reminded me of when we were chatting. I'm going to get into my soapbox for a bit here, but bear with me. In Aberdeen, we need people to be speaking about more of the good things that are happening in the city. We get a hard rap as it is, and yes, there are problems, but we need to look through the cracks to see the bigger picture sometimes. There's a culture of negativity in the city, anything good is ready to get a bashing and there's a lot of moaning with no effort to make any change and that's a massive issue. If we want to see changes in the city, we need to start turning negatives into positives. Think the city's grey and dull? Go on a new art tour. Feel like there's nothing to go to? Follow Post Aberdeen for the latest update on events. Think the food scene is pants? Wash your mouth out and look at my Instagram. It's all not that bad. A big reason why I started my food blog and Dishing It podcast was pretty much me being fed up of rolling my eyes whenever someone said there was nowhere decent to eat in Aberdeen. So, took matters into my own hands and did my part on trying to, you know, share food news. But if everyone did something like that, not saying that everyone needs to start a podcast, but if everyone tried to get those positive messages out there, things would slowly start to change. We see it in the food industry all the time. The support is there. We just need to shout about it more. So if you take anything from my chat with Aika, share the good things that are happening however you can and wherever you can. And if you want to make a change, do something about it. Aberdeen might seem like it's miles behind other cities at times, but we have an opportunity to break the mould and change things up. Aika mentions that we're a blank canvas pretty much. And he's right. We have a big blank canvas to play with and we just need to splash lots of colour on that thing. Okay, rant done and time for a bit of zen. Here's my conversation with Aika, which features plenty of chat about the creative scene, podcasting and a trip back in time to some of Aika's favourite food memories. Stay safe, eat well and speak soon. Welcome, Aika. Hi, Colin. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on. I know we had a few conversations back and forth on Instagram, so I really kind of appreciate it thinking, yes, finally, you know, we got here. <laughs> got here in the end. Yeah, that was a conversation. Great, long time coming. Very excited to get into this chat today. I'm not going to lie, I feel a bit under pressure interviewing today. You're a bit of podcast royalty here in Aberdeen. <laughs> um, if I've done my, pod- my podcast research right, I think you were the first Aberdeen-based podcast to start up what well, i wasn't over you wasn't not. actually no um there was um nathan um brown um uh he had a podcast mood swings was his podcast and i guess i, I was a guest on his probably about 2017 2018 and then he was a guest on mine as well it's kind of more as he focus podcasts focus on like mental health okay. and like wellness and i think he's kind of more kind of chilled on that front just now um over the past couple of years but um yeah and I think there was a couple of Aberdeen football club podcasts as well and I kind of started well you're part of the OGs then we'll say that <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah I appreciate it because uh, yeah you started the podcast back in 2017 yeah and since then you've shared over um 100 episodes mm-hmm. and I believe resulting in over 22,000 downloads across the whole catalogue, I believe it might be yeah. more than that now. Yeah, I think it's probably around 31,000 or something. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of strange to think about it, especially because of Aberdeen being a small um, place, but now kind of also like um, kind of doing some bit of research just now, just for the next kind of stage of the podcast. And so that was kind of helping me kind of put some kind of graphics and stuff together. And it's kind of really surprising how you see like internationally I think you probably see that as well thinking like oh but I've never been to these countries but somebody's listening it resonates with someone and that's all good you know 
it's funny how it all works how does it feel hearing it like when you see it written down how many people have listened is, is that a bit strange yeah it is yeah, it's, yeah it definitely has a surreal kind of feeling you're thinking like huh like so like you know because I guess like you know and, and you'll know this as well from experience doing the podcast is very kind of like solo kind of like creative pursuit so when you think okay somebody's listened you know in Greece listened to like 20 of the episodes or 30 and you're like oh, that's really cool when you kind of think like is it a connection because I had I saw that person that person's like originally from Greece and stuff like that yeah. you know like so yeah it's, it's a nice definitely rewarding kind of feeling especially like it does kind of times when you're podcasting, you feel like, I don't know, is this even making a difference? Is this, does this resonate with people? Is but anyone yeah. listening out there? Yeah, so it definitely, it definitely makes up for that when I kind of like have, have a browse over the stats and all that stuff. Yeah, it's a good feeling. I think when you see when you see it going up and down and you just, it's nice to work out like what's working and th- and ones that you think are going to do really well. And then you look back and you're like, oh, it's funny that one didn't do that as well as I yeah. thought. Yeah, it's strange because you have over the years, like, you know, um, the podcast will be like five years old in November. And it's just kind of like over the years, it's some really interesting and insightful conversations. And then you can like, yeah, this has kind of been like a slow week for the week. I always release the episode on a Monday. I'm thinking, oh, it's been a bit of a slow one there, and, you know. But it's, you know, but I think once you kind of record that it and it's been left, I think because everyone obviously living their lives and they've got you know, there's different times when they'll pick up the podcast or if they're kind of yeah. going out on a walk with a dog or you know going to work, and they'll probably like, I think just over the past kind of couple of years, there's been people just being DMing me and saying, oh, I really love the podcast, and I've been, I'm like, I'm at the start and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, kind of kind of cringe, thinking, oh my god, the audio quality, it's awful, like <laughs> the early you know, ones, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's you know, it's you know, that's kind of like a, a nice thing to kind of like think about as well, thinking about okay, you know, in the amount of time. That you've done the podcast and how much it's kind of grown in a kind of small way you know I guess like as like podcasters you kind of always have these ambitions and dreams of where you'd like your podcast to kind of be and where you know but I'm kind of like it sits comfortably with me that's a very much a local podcast you know and I like that kind of bit it's got a little you know it has its own little niche it's good but you've you've achieved so many great things like over like you're nearly at five years yeah and like haven't like been able to say you've done a hundred like over a hundred episodes like alongside full-time work and all your other projects as well yeah. like how do you have the time it's crazy so for those who are listening they might not know um about your podcast but we'll we kick off with kind of what you do over the creative me podcast and how that all started yeah so um create me podcast and what's kind of like the kind of backstory of it all was that um i, I don't know how it's going to happen with my work for being so kind of flexible but the creative learning team they had a program called Slack, um, was and the kind of acronym was a sustaining life as a creative. And given my kind of like no qualifications in like you know art or art and design, I had studied a little bit when I was in London, but I kind of just dropped out. I was kind of young and immature, but I always kind of used those kind of skills and art and creativity in, in my social work job with young, vulnerable people and stuff, especially doing like life story kind of work. And I kind of went on to that um course, it was like a short course, I think it was like in must have been 2016 so basically it was like twice a week I managed to leave my office job and go to the Rosemount community center where they were based and do these sessions and I met obviously a lot of cool interested people who were like um, some people were graduates from great schools of art and some people actually kind of self-talk you know a bit like myself and it, was, and it kind of just kind of clicked with me like thinking like why isn't and I love podcasts as well and I was thinking why isn't there like a podcast documenting these kind of stories you know and like obviously there have been people doing stuff like that like um John Reed you know he's a part of the New Art Tours he's you know you'll probably see him about in Aberdeen and stuff and like you know he had his blog you know a mood of collapse over the year I think it's like 13 years old now and it's just kind of like all right I'm gonna start doing a podcast and I remember someone from the program I was on Caitlin she knew John and I had met him. So this was like a couple of years later. And I thought it was like, it's all very kind of like serendipity because I was, I was getting a bus on my way back home. This is like, oh, hey, she, was, she lived out in Colts, I think. And this is where I used to live, was getting on the same bus. And I said, oh, yeah, I forget this podcast. Said, oh, that's a really good idea. I introduced you to my friend, John Reed. And so like, she put me in touch with John on Facebook Messenger and I met him on the green, um, just near the marketplaces. It was obviously all demolished now. Um, yeah just after one of his new art tours. And I said, look, here's this website I put together and stuff. And he said, oh
probably what I would have done now if I started the podcast. I just, just dove in and started this recording conversations. And the first person I had a conversation with, I just messaged him, was Gary Kemp from Dog Skateboards. It's like, hey, um, do you want to do a podcast? I remember this, like, I got to that kind of point in terms of actually with research, thinking like, right, who, like, I know a few local creative people, but who are the people that I should be following and engaging with? So I just started, you know, and for me, I was very much back then, not very much on like Facebook and social media. So I was like, right, to engage the public, I'm going to need to actually reactivate my Facebook, sign up to Instagram back then like 2000 your soul away. yeah 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 <laughs> 2017 so I'm like I've heard of it and being like oh what's this kind of thing you know some of this kind of this based off pictures which also you know Instagram is more on that kind of TikTok you know reels and yeah. stuff like that so it's just kind of like okay cool when is this kind of this you know I spoke you know with Gary then um it was Elaine from the closet vintage and then a few other people as well just kind of just kept just kept doing it I think it's just blitz and social media and stuff like that and then you know some people you know I feel like within Aberdeen it's like three degrees of separation so people started like said oh you know I'll follow that podcast and stuff and it's kind of slowly grew and kind of grew and stuff like that so yeah that's kind of like story of like how creative media podcast came to be but I was um had that thought of drawing that kind of creative lens um in the northeast of Scotland and I think like within the central belt there's a lot of focus a lot of stuff happened there and it's, and it's good and that has happened for Scotland as a whole but I thought like there was things in like Aberdeen that wasn't kind of getting shouted about and shouted yeah. about and spoken so I was like right actually I'm gonna draw lens actually on my community and what's happening up here and the rest is history yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned obviously you've crossed over 100 episodes that you've maybe mm-hmm. done about 113 maybe um now. yeah yeah um what's an interview that you've done over all all those years um that stays fresh in your memory is there any that jump out that you, you know what I, I, I was looking back on the questions you know you kind of sent me and I was thinking like there was a, there's been a lot but there's definitely it was episode two and it's with um Lauren Aitchinson and she's a writer and you know she I remember kind of following her and her kind of like social media titles the devil wears tartan and I very much knew vaguely about like her experience of being uh, being in a domestic abusive relationship for about I think it was like over six years and she lived out in um she, she lived out in Murray or Elgin kind of way and she came in um to, into Aberdeen and we you know we did an interview and you know she was very kind of just open and honest about that kind of experience but also like actually how that experience being in that domestic abusive relationship not only impacted on her, but also her family and her, and her friends. Yeah. But like, she's very much an advocate for getting like the laws changed within like Scotland. She's based out in Edinburgh um, just now. And I think um, maybe a couple of years after I interviewed her, not nothing to do with the podcast, but she ended up getting a, getting involved with um, Penguin Books. I think they kind of like did like a little pilot project program of like up-and-coming writers so they kind of like you know she got to go down to England and have different places and get like professional advice and support so I think she's still I think she's probably close to actually finishing her book now and but yeah that was a very kind of powerful and interesting conversation because even within my day job as a social worker I know like um when like when some of my former colleagues who've moved on from my team was working like um especially um so I can't remember where in Aberdeen but women who experience like domestic violence you know abuse and um, my you know friend was like oh I've actually put some of my clients to listen to this you know because I think oh, this what you know so that's really kind of like positive and but for me it was definitely kind of like an eye-opener because this is like 2017 this must have been like November or December 2017 that spoke to Lauren and you know probably at the time of the um me too kind of movement stuff like kind of coming up a bit more and so for me that always kind of sits with me that kind of conversation with Lauren because she's like you know still something I keep in touch with something that I call a friend but it's just kind of like you know how you know difficult that whole experience I guess like because she's a writer and that's a creative and how that for that kind of period of time she wasn't able to kind of create you know focus on her creativity and the impact it had on her so yeah that's one of those kind of episodes of conversations that definitely stand out for me definitely and it's mm-hmm. so it's amazing I, I didn't really think about it until I started podcasting about just mm-hmm. how obviously we converse with people every day and you have conversations but it's amazing like having like just a one-on-one kind of structured conversation but mm-hmm. like the different avenues it can go down like 
anyone's que- anyone's answer is different to what yeah. you might think that they might give and mm-hmm. um although it's a food podcast there's been like really like essential nuggets that people have given about like life philosophies and yeah. their mantras and stuff that you just don't expect to get and it helps other people listening because i've had a few people message being like oh god that person said this and i never actually thought of it that way and blah blah blah. And it's amazing just thinking like putting your recording your conversations and sharing them people actually take it in and it resonates oh, yeah. with a lot of people yeah no most definitely and i think that's the thing i kind of got like had similar feedback over the years that people saying oh it's feel really kind of actually inspired like because and i think as well like through like podcasts is kind of like creating that kind of community sense of like you know and that feeling because some can be like I think a lot of people who kind of been on the podcast or someone has kind of messaged me said oh yeah I'm in my studio and I kind of feel like oh I'm not alone actually now like there's actually a whole load of us that's really and I, I've seen people kind of connect and work and collaborate with each other through the podcast yeah, so that's been that's really amazing. beautiful to see that's really great yeah and kind of looking back at when you started and kind of what you know now to where you are now if there's someone who's listening who's maybe wanting to they're thinking about starting up a podcast but mm. don't really know how to go about it what would be your bit of advice to essential bit of advice get my essential bit of advice be like don't rush in and learn about the kind of tricks <laughs> of recording you know or the skills about recording a podcast I remember my first conversation with Gary was in the room um, a friend had like a studio space in town off of George Street and like he was in the other side of the room with the mic but now I was there with my mic and it's just like the audio just wasn't great like cringe <laughs> thinking about it you know you know about like the kind of quality of the kind of sound but also just doing the research I think that's a big point that you know it's kind of take on board doing the research and if you kind of think like right depending on what kind of podcast you want to do connect with that kind of community and they say hey look I'm thinking of doing this and stuff like that but um yeah I think like for me I've been, you know, I've been quite lucky in terms of actually there's some people will be like, and I think you might probably get this as well. People say, oh, I hate the sound of my own voice. You know? <laughs> and some people just kind of be like, oh, I don't feel like I've got nothing to kind of say. People are like, oh no, but your art's real, your work's like amazing and stuff. So sometimes I have to kind of take some people to kind of convince some people, but it's just kind of like, you know, um, yeah, I think it's like taking that time to kind of research your subject, what you want to do, research equipment as well. I guess yeah. like, even like podcasting has changed so much compared to like when I started because it was like in my studio space where I'm just now actually you know some coming in this tiny space and you know and it's kind of like getting that kind of time right but even like I guess one of the probably it's hard to say is one of the upsides of that being the pandemic a lot of actually audio software companies based out in America or Europe have actually you know they stepped up their technology a bit more yeah. as well so like since then I've just been recording like like yourself like you know from like you know either home or the studio and stuff like that and it's just made it so much more easy and um, accessible for me to record and keep the podcast going so I think it's kind of those things where people kind of like find out what, what the best prices are deals are you can do like when you're like using online kind of like recording material as well definitely and it's so important to ask questions well I know I've picked your brains a few times about technology and yeah, equipment yeah. and stuff but it's, it is so helpful speaking to people who know what like know what they're doing they've been doing it for long enough they know the yeah. hurdles and stuff but yeah. just asking the questions just helps so much doesn't it yeah even for even for me like um my friend um Helena Rafai who does like the marketing and PR comms or we here Scotland she's got like probably like 15 years experience in terms of actually kind of podcasts and she just kind of took the initiative and started doing that and now like I think in Scotland she's based out of Glasgow I think she's the go-to person you know of doing okay. like podcasts of people that commission commissioning her to do stuff it's actually Nathan who does um uh the podcast the mental health podcast in Aberdeen um mood swings he he done a workshop with her so that's why I started following her on social media so like I think she must have done a call out and and invite people to come down to Glasgow and she did a workshop down there and that's how he got his experience in terms of podcasting so kind of like you know a small world I guess that it's kind of come full circle that's something that he's mentioned now is actually a good friend and I can go to like podcast advice for like she's like if you follow like you know anyone knows like Kalena and stuff she does like her podcast um podcast and a sonic hug sometimes she shares in like her Instagram stories like she's got like five six or eight mics or something you know like she's just got that thing actually yeah but just like you know like um, she's on that kind of like you know just on the tech game is really good oh great I love those like full circle moments as well yeah absolutely it's really cool amazing and so imagine you were stuck in a desert island but luckily mm-hmm. you have your podcast kit 
and you're with your dream interview guest who's stuck on that island with you that you can ask any question doesn't matter how long the interview is who would that guest be and you know, it would be and I think I've kind of like I mean it's, 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 it's be a family member I, I unfortunately never got to meet it was my father's dad um and he's from Jamaica it's called like this is the funny thing with Jamaica's names it's called uh, Adolphus Uriah Headliff right so so basically I think he was I think he was a like a bit of a playboy back in the day okay. but he changed his ways and you know found God when he came to London and I think like the family story is that um an abandoned school he turned into a local little church and he did a lot of things in the community like you know managed to raise money to kind of get a minibus for the church took the local kids out to like Brighton and Margate and stuff and he's a bit of a foodie himself you know love fish and chips and stuff like that love to go and travel the world like Hawaii Italy and Spain try the local kind of food and stuff like that um and then like it's funny like you know some of my like dad's like younger siblings like they kind of obviously picked up names from different countries like I you know my dad's name is Martin but my grandfather called him Martismo <laughs> you know so yeah it's, it's definitely someone I would like to kind of speak to just because I think like in terms of of like um community and you know and not just kind of doing stuff for yourself I think I kind of unintentionally followed that path I've only kind of known about him more in my later years like you know in my life to be like oh okay he done this that's kind of really kind of eerie kind of freaky because yeah I'm a social worker and I care about community and stuff like that so yeah. if I was on Desert Island I'd love to just kind of just pick his brain and just about life in general and how even when he coming over to the UK like during that kind of Windrush period what was it like and stuff like that you know yeah. that's definitely someone that I'd love to have a Desert Island conversation with. That would take hours to edit I'm sure it would, yeah. it would be a very long interview. I think it would be, se- be a series. <laughs> Obviously you've uh, been living in the city for um, quite some time now but you're originally from London and mm-hmm. um, you've managed to hold on to your London accent you've not yeah. uh, got yeah. the, the northeast twang. Mm-hmm. Um, what brought you up to Aberdeen? Well, just through like my now wife, you know, we met in London. She was saying about sister then, and we ended up kind of just like, you know, living like in London for like four years together. Then I guess like if anyone has ever lived in London is listening, how expensive it was back then. So this is like 2004. And we was kind of the next studio flat paying, which I think is probably really cheap now, like 500 pounds a month. But I want to go and study social work and she wanted to go and study nursing. You know, the connection to Aberdeen's kind of made sense. But I kind of like her mum and her stepfather when he was alive, they were living at a new dear tariff. So can you imagine someone from southeast London going to like Aberdeenshire? And I was kind of saying the story, they thought it was funny when they picked us up for the airport. And like I was like, yeah, where's all the street lights on these country roads? It's <laughs> like a oh. system. Yeah, they're like, yeah, <laughs> like city folk. <laughs> you know, like so Real yeah. Signal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, you, you know, it's it a major kind of like kind of like you know um change. But yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, my wife's now an advanced nurse practitioner and I've I've been a qualified social worker for like over 10 years. So yeah, it just kind of made a life for myself and you know, obviously we'll be hopefully going down to London with um, my daughter like September late September time as well because we still kind of keep connected with family even more so during the kind of pandemic as well so yeah this kind of I call like you know Aberdeen my second home because I'm always going to be a Londoner at heart as well that's why hence why I've not lost my London twang <laughs> hold it on you're like I'm not yeah. going to lose it yeah <laughs> lose absolutely it. yeah where about in London did you grow up um, South East London, um, West Norwood, like Borough of Lambeth. So if people are kind of familiar with Streatham or like kind of Brixton as we're in that kind of vicinity as well, which has been, I guess, a lot of areas like Brixton, Streatham and where I'm from, West Norwood has been heavily kind of gentrified as well. But, um, you know, there's still that, you know, local kind of community groups holding on. And and I guess like, especially really, really nice kind of local food spots as well. That's, that's, that's what I like to kind of when I go back to London, it's that bit of, Anywhere you go in London, this is actually like Caribbean, Argentinian, Brazilian, Nigerian food. It's just like everything you can think of is just there. And it seems like, you know, I guess like within Aberdeen, the city centre, there's that cutoff point where everything's closed now, back of two, three yeah. people in the taxi queues. You know, there's no more night buses, I don't think, anymore. Or people just getting like like a kebab or something. But in London, you know, you got a bit more pick of the choice of what you want to go to, you know, yeah. at, at the end of the night. So that's, that's what I kind of miss about, like, London as well. And on the on the topic of food, what was on the dinner table when you were growing up? What was, like, the um, kind of main dishes that you would have? Yeah, I guess as, like, coming from, like, uh, you know, Afro-Caribbean, my mum 
in single parent households my mom and dad are from like Jamaica so it's just kind of like yeah a lot of Caribbean food like chicken kind of stews and you know like I'll say this and people might be like oh my god like but it's called like curry goat like it's mutton and stuff so like can you have that with like right rice and then you have rice and peas like fried fish red snapper yams like dumpling oh, it's really kind of just like I'm thinking about it now I'm feeling really hungry <laughs> yeah but it's really kind of and obviously a lot of spice as well so from a young age I've just been accustomed to really spicy food like with scotch bonnet peppers and stuff like that oh it's like you know yeah so like there's literally in my, in my house now in my home there's actually a cupboard and there's just all the spices like all the hot sauces <laughs> and stuff like that but then you know that, that was the, that was my table but in where we live in our community in the state in our area there's like um a lot of like pakistani um restaurants and stuff nigerian kind of space as well Ghanaian food as well and i've been quite lucky i think like in my upbringing because even my friends from like primary and secondary it was just like a mixed kind of group of friends like you know when my my one like two of like my best friends obviously from like ian he's from the caribbean background as well my best friend mark is from a polish background so after school, you go over to people's houses. Like, that's what I love. And that's what I kind of miss about just getting, uh, like, just a different kind of, like, you know, yeah. you know, your palate just kind of just comes accustomed to so many kinds of different kind of foods and stuff. I remember, like, you know, having, even, like, having pierogies and stuff like that, thinking, like, what is this? Like, but, yeah, like, so for me, I feel like I've been very kind of fortunate and lucky having that upbringing. As I always think, whenever I'm down in London, it is that kind of multicultural cuisines all mm-hmm. around. And it's, like... In Aberdeen, like we've got a slice of it, but it's not yeah. anywhere near like yeah. as what like London and and bigger cities are like. But that's something I'm always jealous of. Like I just wish we had more variety that you can actually experience authentic, yeah. authentic. I think, I, and I think it's kind of like slowly kind of come to Definitely. Aberdeen. Kind of like I've never like my older brother comes up to it because like man it seems like Aberdeen or Scotland is quite behind in terms of what's yeah. kind of happening and I kind of don't want I can't really argue with that I'm thinking like yeah fair enough yeah yeah you're right Takes you know? time. yeah the, the, <laughs> I think because over the years there's been some places you think, oh, that's really good and then it might not last that long as well so I can yeah. see when something comes it's kind of new and fresh you get these cues out of the place you know so oh, one day one day yeah. and do you think if um if you didn't move up to Aberdeen do you think you would have ended up doing your podcast do you know I, you know I don't know I honestly don't know I don't know if I would or would have just because I think like within London I feel like there's so much kind of like competition in in that way you know which is good but I think like it could be like this really like oversaturated everyone and their friend would probably be like oh we'll start a podcast we'll do this just now so like for you when you when you got in touch with me I found out about your podcast and I think even a couple of people I know have been on your podcast I was like oh brilliant thank you like because literally over the years I've had people uh, you know try to support and help them start a podcast and, they, and they've just been like oh yes it's too much work man like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna leave it I've recorded a few pilot episodes but I'm just gonna leave it so for me I think that's like you know it's so good you know because you know I'm focusing on like kind of creativity and you're focusing on like the food aspect of what's going to happen but those kind of things you know they kind of go part and part of each other as well you know so I think like you know definitely if if I was like in the like down in England or in London I think it would be a bit more of a struggle but I don't know you know you know it might possible maybe not but um yeah yeah it's 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 kind of interesting I kind of think about that actually you know if we've ever done that or not it's funny how the universe kind of puts you certain ways and takes you in different paths and stuff. Because, yeah, if, I guess if you didn't come up to Aberdeen, you might have had the experiences of doing the um, Good well, yeah. Centre and then kind of getting an idea and stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, most definitely. And obviously, aside from your podcast, you mentioned mm-hmm. that you kind of work in social services. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you've also set up um, your brand Big Up The Dean um, mm-hmm. in the past as well, where you create Aberdeen-inspired merch. Yeah. Um, and as a Aberdeen Sherloon, um, I'm always bigging up the Northeast whenever I can. Mostly the food bits, but usually <laughs> champing other bits. But I love it when people from who like relocate to the city fall in love with the city and they do mm-hmm. their part on shouting about it. Where does the passion for plugging the Northeast come from? What is it you, you kind of you know love so much about it? I think it's so many kind of things. Like, I think being a city boy from London, like, um, I guess, like, you know, being never actually exploring the UK kind of like, you know, in England kind of countryside and stuff like that. Especially like, you know, did I move to the Shire from London? Like, well, actually, this is really peaceful. This is really nice. The fresh air is amazing. And, you know, and I think for me, there's so much kind of like, really cool and interesting aspects about the northeast of scotland like 
there's a city but also you can walk to the beach like you know that's amazing you know like or you can get a bus and you're out into Baddata and you can go out you know to like Lock Mick or something you know and I think it's actually maybe it's just the older I've kind of got I've gotten over the years but you appreciate life and you appreciate actually you know especially like for me and my wife we've been able to kind of create like a home here and like you know buy our first property then move to our second property last year then have a daughter as well and being like yeah this away from like kind of rat race as well you know it's, it's just like I guess like in terms of as well like your mentality can be a bit different when you're living a bit more a bit more chill kind of calm and that's what I like about the northeast of Scotland is that kind of chill and calm and my mum loves coming up here and she visits us you know and she thinks oh yeah this is so nice you know like you know just looking at going out driving and seeing like this it's like country roads and stuff you know yeah. so I think for me there's like so much really positive things even just like you know the friendships and the conversations I've been having just over the years, just, you know, in the people I've met even through my job and made friends with like, you know, like colleagues as well. They even like, yeah, there's a lot of kind of, there's, there's positive things going on. I think it's like a kind of like rolling dialogue conversation that I have with like like-minded friends that I think a lot of when stuff comes to Aberdeen, you go like, you go like, you know, even express kind of Facebook page and you see people like, oh, complaining and stuff. <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, I just kind of like, well, do something about it then yeah do exactly. something you know, that mentality like, yeah 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 it's just kind of like you know down the dumps kind of like um melancholy kind of oh well why is that coming here why do we don't need this Mind kind of thing? Yeah. yeah i think like no but you have to you know yeah. so yeah yeah i think there's yeah, that was think, like um, in my previous role at, when I worked at Visit Aberdeenshire, obviously we were promoting destination and, and things. <laughs> Any time we put up something about like, oh, coming to Aberdeen or this is coming, it's an exciting thing. People would comment on it, like be like, locals be like, don't come here. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> this city is horrible. You'd be like, right, okay, right, okay come on. Like you've got to help yeah. us here. <laughs> well, it's the thing. I think it's just like, you know, I, I definitely prescribe to that kind of mentality or the thought of like, you know, it's the people like that kind of like you know make the city you know mm-hmm. and I guess there's like a cat was well, Jamaican motto is actually um oh, what was it out of many one people kind of thing so it's just like as a collectively you know if people are kind of naysaying then collectively you actually have to kind of change that narrative then as well you can sit like there from like you know be an armchair critic and complain about stuff but yeah get in touch with your local kind of counselors and stuff and be like oh actually we'd love to see this happen and that happen yeah you know that's the only way things kind of happen through a conversation and dialogue so but on the other side of that you know I still have these kind of like positive thoughts about and you know about the north of Scotland because I feel like it's almost kind of like a blank canvas in terms of what can kind of happen and kind of change here. Yeah. And I think people you know, need to start taking more advantage of that as well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Lots of scope and lots of opportunity. Yeah. I've just got to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and from when you started the podcast and obviously speaking to all the kind of different creatives you've spoken to over the years and the different projects that are happening, mm-hmm. um, what's the biggest change that you've seen uh, to the city's creative scene? you know what i've seen it's really good to see actually that people kind of you know connect to each other collaborate you know i've seen you know um obviously like more studio spaces kind of open up and stuff as well mm-hmm. with a focus on art and kind of creativity and yeah i think it's just kind of like i think like three three or four years ago especially with like new art stuff as well there was this kind of feeling of like something's going to change something's yeah. something's going to happen here but you know I think people were still you know creating collaborating and it's really kind of like you know good to kind of see and I think within Aberdeen there's also there's also a focus within the food industry as well and I think with the kind of creativity and arts kind of thing I know I think there's some people who've been making like making those connections you know I was at the pig wings last week to go and get like some lunch from the studio yeah amazing food and I, and I, and I apologize because I forgot the guy who runs it the owner and he, like I've also kind of just been like nice kind of um, polite to each other over the years and he's kind of been really good at like connecting with local artists people who I know and actually you know getting like t-shirts or just doing like these really kind of cool things to engage with that kind of like creative community I think others have as well from the food industry so that's kind of been really kind of cool to see like people saying oh yeah like you know we don't have to kind of actually follow a kind of 
strict kind of like rules in terms of actually how we support each other. As I have one thing I like about the Northeast of Scotland, there's that bit of there's pockets of different kind of creative and artistic groups, but we all know each other as well. Yeah. And or we someone all, knows someone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, you know, we try our best to kind of like turn up and support each other as much as possible. So that's the kind of cool things I've kind of seen like, you know, happen like, you know, over the years. But like, you know, like for myself and many other people, we just kind of actually you can easily have your blinkers on and just be like, well, I'm just focusing on my kind of small little bubble and stuff like that until like you, even for me just recently, I've seen a couple of artists looking like, oh, they're local. Oh, okay, cool. I'll give them a follow and you know, check them out and stuff like that. So that's kind of been the really cool thing for me to see as well. It's not just people that have gone to like grade school of art or gone to art school, it's actually people that are doing this from their home, doing this from their bedrooms. And then it's really naturally talented and really creative. That's really good to see that, you know, as a kind of like, you know, a community, we can be welcoming to everyone. It's not just like, oh, you had to have studied here, there to actually yeah. be in the conversation or the same kind of room. So that's been really nice to see over the years. Yeah, I think that's something that, that the Northeast does do really well is collaboration. Mm -hmm. Like the yeah. local business, like everyone, I mean, I think years ago, it probably was very much like, no, like I do my own mm -hmm. thing. I'm not kind of sharing my secrets with you. But yeah. it, there is a lot, especially with the food industry, a lot of like, mm -hmm cross collaborations with like mm. brands and then like you say like artists coming in and doing things and keeping yeah. it local and stuff it is really nice to see and it's nice to keep yeah most definitely 100 um and is there anything that, that you would really like to see in the come into the creative scene i think for me i think like i always kind of go back to like as a few things that bear me i think especially with like the young people i work with like I love for them and I think there are through like the council and African kind of small groups that more kind of um, local arts and creators engaging with the more marginalized kind of communities and saying hey like do you want to come and do like a free workshop and stuff like that because I know it's from my job a lot of the young teenagers we work with are always like you know they struggle in like the kind of creative kind of classes or like drama or like art and stuff like, oh no it's not for me I don't want to do this because they're always worried about getting it wrong yeah and I was saying like but yeah, like it's like art is subjective to whoever, like, you know, to anyone that it's not about a right or wrong or making a mistake and don't you have to be hard on yourself. So that's kind of like one thing I'd like to see. And yeah, I think like, I guess we'll probably touch on like we're here in Scotland as well, but also kind of like more support for the like black and like POC kind of like art, artistic and kind of creative kind of community. I feel like when we kind of touch on speaking about actually like, inequality and stuff I think within the northeast of Scotland like you know there's probably some people feel like oh why are you speaking about this there's nothing wrong don't touch on that you know it's all good kind of stuff but yeah. hence why I probably started like we as Scotland but actually it's not like you know like you see the conversation yeah yeah something yeah. needs to kind of happen something needs to kind of the dialogue needs to kind of change so it's very much I'm very much the view of opening up creative opportunities to everyone even like you know the more like you know um in like the queer kind of groups as well and also people like you know who who have like physical and mental health like you know disabilities that there's more actually opportunities that's why i think where things kind of be get a little bit more rigid and the doors get a bit more kind of closed yeah. so i'd love to kind of see that more kind of like spaces like that kind of happen but i've seen obviously that people when you kind of don't see that representation happening for you within your kind of scene or with the industry I've seen a lot of people over the years to take that initiative and be like right I'm just gonna kind of like do this we're just gonna do our thing like you know um there's May and Hanno do like speaking weird um a spin vinyl and I think they've got one coming up in August as well so it's almost like you know spoken word night and stuff like that and music and stuff like that more like focus on like you know the queer like trans kind of community in the northeast of Scotland as well so it's kind of been really good to see them do that over the years as well so it's kind of like you know stuff like that I'd love to kind of see more of you know happening in the northeast of Scotland. 100%. And it's actually funny you say that the, um, I had Kirsty from Second Home Aberdeen. She was yeah, on. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, yeah. She's great. She was on uh, last series. And she, when I asked her a similar question, she said, see more representation in mm -hmm. the art scene. And it was something that I just never, I guess it's, I don't work in the art scene and, and stuff, but it was something I just never thought of. I've always thought that mm -hmm. scene would be the scene that it was like fully represented. But it was when I actually went after, I went and Googled it and was kind of looking up. And I was actually really surprised at, yeah the stats and stuff that was out there I, it was one of those things you just if you don't think about it then yeah you, you you assume I guess like within the kind assume. of arts yeah you assume that's a very kind of liberal kind of thing yeah. but there's also that kind of like you know people are still people and 
and some people still have their biases as well yeah. you know and it's it's it and it can be innate with some people that they don't even recognize it that oh actually yeah you know so even via like we at Scotland I've been having a lot of open and honest conversations with individuals and organizations and you know and kind of thinking about ways how do you kind of move forward in the right way that's not just that kind of tick box kind of exercise that oh yeah we've yeah. done our bit now you know like so it's just kind of like the conversations are ongoing the like you know and I guess like it leads to actually like how I respond to the kind of actually you know and support like my kind of community of people that look like me and it's kind of offering these kind of opportunities and stuff and this being like not just focusing on North East Scotland, but we have to focus on the people Scotland-wide. So like there are people of colour in the art community, in our industry, who are in the Shetland and the Highland, in the Highland Islands, and thinking like, actually, no, you know, so for me to be like, oh yeah, I kind of feel a bit more like, you know, I'm doing this by myself, but imagine how they feel, you know, as well. So it's just kind of like, you know, trying to try to be all encompassing with a small team as much as possible, but recognizing actually how to also kind of create a legacy as well and not to think about ourselves and think about actually, there's a younger up and coming generation who wants to see that representation. So we actually have to be like, you know, doing the best we can to pave the way for them yeah. as well. It's planning out that ripple effect and just trying to keep momentum. Oh yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Most definitely, yeah. And there's probably people at home are probably listening, God, this Aika, he is doing a lot. He is a busy guy. <laughs> He's got lots going on. But you just touched on it there that um, mm-hmm. there's another big project you've been working on, um, yeah. I think, uh, over the past year or so. So you founded We Are Here um, Scotland Creator Fund uh, last year and you crowdfunded over £6,000 mm-hmm. to amplify the voices of, of the work of Black and people of colour creatives, mm-hmm. uh, which is fantastic. You managed to raise all that money and yeah. a new initiative as well. How did that all come about and kind of how, how's things going? Yeah, yeah, you know, things are going good at the moment, but yeah, like, yeah, I, this is the kind of thing is as well, like, this is the way I work, and it's actually probably a bit insane, I think about this now, that I launched the, the Creators Fund Go Family campaign in 2020, in November time, in the middle of a pandemic, as you do. So it's very much of the view that, okay, yeah, not we're not going to reach our £6,000, like, um, target, which we reached it in, like, June last year. I think, like, you know, we've gone over that target we're I think we're over like eight thousand pounds now which is really kind of cool so we've been able to kind of not just do one kind of creative fun round we're literally in the process you know um what I was doing just before I spoke with you you know marking through the round two like you know applications as well but you know and I think it's just like why the creative fun kind of started because when I was kind of like for even like having the website um kind of did like Instagram stories and saying to people and asking people in the community is actually what kind of help and support would you need like would it be like you know financial like that kind of practical and mentoring and it kind of and it came to be like a 50 50 kind of thing so I thought like right we'll do like a creators fund kind of campaign but also you know try and find funding from somewhere else to be like okay we can pay people to mentor so it could be somebody's gonna like I've got this really interesting kind of project I'm an animator but I need to like to speak with someone who's got a bit more experience Experience. and luckily we've been able to do that with the first round you know identify six people we had like I think it was like 94 applications kind of like you know last year to kind of go through yeah. as well you know and this year we probably had around 86 as well and so yeah it's just kind of been like you know you know probably lucky and fortunate that we was able to kind of go to like oh yeah we can do like a second round now to kind of create some other people to like apply for this like a 500 pound like fund but also they can get like mental support as well for like five five and a half hours you know so they can choose so as they want to yes yeah, so it's so valuable as well so yeah like things are kind of like you know being busy you know we're here in Scotland you know like luckily I, think I couldn't do this by myself got a really good team you know um Jibemi, Helena and Arusa um we had a co-director Brianna Pagado but she stepped down um just in May to kind of focus on our own practice as well and you know and a bit of few more kind of projects and it was really good to kind of have her on board in initial kind of setup kind of stages as well because like this is like her kind of background in terms of actually supporting organizations like us as a community interest organization to be established and stuff like that and so yeah you know yeah we've kind of got like a few projects going to happen in for this year and next year I probably I'm, not, I'm probably going to a big sigh but it's just kind of like all the kind of behind the scenes kind of stuff to kind of make something happen yeah. but we're lucky enough to kind of um do a project um a, a small festival could rise up 
we in partnership with Abilene Performing Arts in May um, this year. I think it was like from the 13th to the 15th. So that was really kind of cool. We had like spoken words um, and like musical performances on the Friday. Did on Saturday, we had a few like quite a few kind of interesting kind of like you know panels and workshops, and then we finished off with a gig at Elementary, which is really good and really well received as well. So, yeah, we've got a few things like in in the pipeline. It's going to be a couple of things going to be announced. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, it all goes to plan on the eighth of August. I do kind of pilot project we got called um, Incubator, and I'm not going to say anymore. I think like Helena, who does like the comms and PR, be like, don't say anything. Just like, yet. Don't like, spoil anything. Yeah, don't spoil anything. <laughs> so yeah, we've got a few kind of things coming up. For, like I think it'll probably take us up to like autumn next year, which is good. Yeah. You know, it's kind of be in that kind of position to support like you know you know um, like the community, but also having a kind of like a team, all different kind of various skills and disciplines and knowledge, you know, years in the making yeah. to have them be a part of We Here Scotland. So it's so amazing. It takes that pressure off a bit of me to be like, oh yeah, yeah like I have to do this, that. Like there are people that literally, this is their speciality in terms of actually like PR marketing, managing and like networking <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's been amazing. And like, I'm just kind of looking forward to, what we can do in the future to support like you know the black and kind of POC artistic kind of kind of in community but um yeah it's like things are going good you know at the good. moment as well so yeah yeah it's all good great and when when you had the idea to have to launch yeah. the campaign and the fund what was it um did you have a clear kind of vision of what you wanted it to be or was it when you got all the applications in and you saw the gaps that people were having was that kind of when the kind of ball started rolling or was it a kind of mix of things from what you knew I think it was a mix of things from I know just from my own kind of like experience why even like we are here even got started because I've kind of like actually via create me create me podcast kind of like social media I was kind of actually like connecting with like more black and POC arts and creators across Scotland you know like I said before earlier like Scotland's three degrees of separation so you knew you find like the connection of people with mutual friends and stuff and it's just kind of like, you know, through these conversations and connecting with people, it's just kind of like, yeah, a lot of frustrations, a lot of like inequality and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, so yeah, it's not just me. I kind of experienced this kind of things and other people like Glasgow, Edinburgh, Dundee have as well. So I kind of just started like an Instagram page and on January in 2020, unbeknownst to us how the world would go on many different yeah. levels. So I think like, you know, um, I kind of actually, yeah, kind of chilled in it like a bit, especially when I caught COVID in like like late April, like of 2020. And I came back then, obviously this kind of stuff with like George Floyd kind of happened and then Brianna Taylor and like, um, just like, and yeah, so it's just kind of like, right. Um, the first kind of focus was actually probably just venting my frustrations and being like, look, this is not new. Stuff like this happens in the UK and Europe as well. But then kind of getting to that point of being like, right, focus that energy you have and put that in that place now where you can be a bit more constructive and supportive. So when it was just me by myself, I thought, okay, I'm going to do like these Instagram shout outs. And actually, so I just put that post out there on Instagram feed and then saying to people, look, if you want to shout out on a Friday, I'll do this stuff to send me a picture and stuff like that. And I think I got like over a hundred messages. I was like, oh, what have I done? Like, you know, so it's like, okay. kind of worms. yeah. So, so, and I thought it was just kind of like going with that. And then I was able to kind of like connect with like, you know, um, Jubemi, part of the team, Arusa, Helena. And yeah, things just kind of just naturally kind of happen in terms of actually team kind of actually getting together and kind of forming, which is kind of really good. It wasn't like a forced thing. It was like a natural kind of transition. So it's always like the thought of providing the space in terms of actually supporting Black and POC arts and creators. It's always been my mind. Like initially, the, like we are here Scotland was going to be like a little offshoot of the podcast and maybe be like five to 10 episodes and be like, okay, cool. Maybe come back to it again. You know, that was the initial kind of plans, but like, I feel lucky that, okay, things kind of changed and then moved in that right kind of direction to be like, you know, or you can do a podcast and that's good, but also, you know, now you can do something a bit more long, like long lasting as well. That's kind of a bit more kind of meaningful and supports like not just one or two people, but loads more people. Yeah. It's amazing and it's amazing that having to you've launched it and you um crowdfunded all the money mm-hmm. and more to yeah. say that you now you're doing a second run of stuff yeah. it's amazing that you're giving yeah. all, everyone so much opportunity and yeah. that they wouldn't get otherwise which is amazing and this and this is the thing as well i'm so appreciative of like just 
you know members of the public and even like obviously like you know some of my family as well i kind of like contributed to like you know yeah. like the panel not the panel so the the, the, the creators one because it's thinking like right we believe in this this is really good that you're yeah. doing this as well so like good luck you know and yeah it's been really nice to kind of see like you know we've done a few kind of things over like you know the past two and a half years since we've kind of been established and some people have been like oh yeah we don't want my fee just pull it towards the creators fund you know it's yeah. like, oh it's really nice are you sure like yeah i'm definitely sure so great. it's just kind of like you know the, just the general sitting kindness of the public and like of people that's kind of kept the kind of creators fund kind of going you know as well but then you know we've been fortunate enough and luckily to kind of actually be funded over the past couple of years as well from kind of creative scotland who kind of you know believe in like our vision and what we're trying to do and very much lucky in our relationship very much kind of hands off and be like look you guys know what you're doing go for it you know that's amazing so, yeah that's yeah yeah oh fantastic well with all that stuff that you've got going on <laughs> you definitely you definitely need food to fuel you yeah. through all of that every guest that comes on the podcast is uh, tasked with creating their very own food safari taking in mm. their favorite stops from all across scotland you've chosen to go from breakfast through to uh, dinner yeah. so where are you taking us well, God, I'm taking people probably be a bit of a blast in the past, <laughs> but I'm taking everyone to Belmont Street. Yeah, and going to like the beautiful mountain. Um, yeah, I thought beautiful mountain is just kind of like a lot of fond memories for me there. Um, like, especially guys, I remember like, I can't, remember, I can't remember the first time going there, but I always remember that the food, the quality of food was always good. You know, it wasn't coming out of like a pub, it wasn't coming out of a packet. Like if you ordered like, uh, pancakes with bacon and stuff that's going to be made and you have to wait a while yeah always jam-packed and busy on a Saturday you'd be like oh no because they I think they didn't have a seating area they'd take away downstairs and seating area upstairs yeah so it's just kind of be like oh yeah you guys because you know before just come back you know a bit and you'd be like oh especially be kind of gutted because it would be like especially if you had like visiting friends or family would take them there go there for like brunch or like breakfast and yeah it's have really cool fun memories of that kind of place it's my go-to place you know a lot but then like a couple of years before they closed they started introducing like a tap night as well and like this food was amazing I don't know who the chef was like even if could someone who's listening to this like put me in touch with the <laughs> chef or like you know like we'll find him yeah, it was really nice. The tapas, man, it was really nice, like a pork belly, but it was like, kind of came with like a um, pineapple salsa. It was just oh, so, nice. so nice. And, you know, I think like literally probably like the year before they closed, me and my wife was renting, we lived in Berry Den, and we was able to kind of actually, you know, buy our first property. So this is before the oil and, like, oil and gas kind of dip. So we had like literally a, a probably like prior to, getting our first home at least a couple of years of house hunting and becoming like fifth or sixth in line in terms of our offers you know and like you know thinking like oh you've really got a good chance kind of here and stuff as well but then you'll go to like a view and you literally see it's, it's like an open house view and you see loads of people you know oh yeah there's no point there's no point yeah. you know <laughs> so i think when we um got the offer accepted on our first house it was just kind of like brilliant and yeah had a nice tapas I remember it's just kind of like yeah um definitely kind of fun kind of memories and never never ever got the name of the owners I think it was like a husband and wife that um owned the place as well but I remember them being always very kind of nice and like polite saying oh are you enjoying your meal and stuff the customer service there was like amazing so it's kind of like you know like over the years, I know when they closed um, I think I don't I think a curry kind of restaurant moved in briefly or pizza place, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, then, it rings a bell. Yeah, and then, then melt Michelle, went after. Yeah, then it melt, and unfortunately, you know, due to the unforeseen pandemic, and yeah, you know, yeah. Michelle had to kind of close it down. She's been on my podcast as well twice, and, and I know she's out in the shine now, making these amazing cakes. Yeah, amazing cakes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, need to, I, need to, I need to get out there as well <laughs> and, and try some of them. But yeah, it's just kind of like you know, um, even when I walk past like Belmont Street as well it definitely seems much more quieter in comparison to when I first moved to Aberdeen you know yeah. but yeah definitely a lot of fun memories going to the beautiful mountain and if anyone kind of remembers yeah just like yeah yeah it's cool so if anyone knows the owners or knows whoever the chef was do mm -hmm. let us know and we need to hook yes. up just to get <laughs> to get that pineapple salsa again <laughs> yes absolutely yeah no the, the, I mean like I've been to Spain a few times and I was thinking like yeah, this is really kind of really authentic, authentic tapas here. It's really good. Yeah. 
Ah, good. And is there anywhere else in Aberdeen that's like your go-to? Just now, do you have a, a, a regular haunt that you go to? You know what? I don't. I don't think I really do. You know, like um, if it, you know, God, there'll, be, there'll be a few places. I think, like, and I remember, like, I know they opened up a new place just literally not far, like Stones Throw from my studio, um, Maggie's Grill. Oh yeah. It used to be on like Holborn Street. I don't know if it's still on Holborn Street there, but I remember when it first opened, I was like, yeah, this is legit. This is really good. There's tip top. Yeah. So I've not been to the new setup where they are just now in like that Marshall Square, but I'm not gonna go there soon to get get something to taste there. And I guess like, you know, the boys and the pigs' wings always kind of rate them. Food's really good there as well. Then that's one thing I love from there is their spicy wings. They don't mess around and I think oh, really? yes. Yeah. I remember when they first opened, I went there with my colleague, he's moved back down the road and he's a big foodie as well. And it's just like, okay, I'll tell the hot wings because ah, I don't be like, but the hot sauce they use in there, amazing. Like brilliant. <laughs> Gets a big tick from you. Yeah. Good. I love food, love talking about mm-hmm. food. But you can guarantee that if it's something bad about food, I do have a lot of bugbears. Right now, it's the downsizing of magnums. And that's what I'm fuming about just now. But what's that thing that really annoys you when it comes to food? Or no, it is. is. I'm, I'm not going to mention any extended family members' names. but like, <laughs> This is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I hate? It's like when people go abroad. Like somewhere in Europe, and they want like food from the UK. So like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the view of going to local places where local people eat. If it looks like a rundown kind of place, go to that kind of place. Yes, it'll you know be I mean? good. It'll if be you good. see, if you see an old woman putting menus on the table, that's a family-run place. And I've been places with, like family or extended family or friends, and people are like, yeah, let's go have steak and chips. Like, huh? Like, I, just, I, just, I just really the mind this kind of boggles and be like look you can have that any day when you go yeah. in the UK look on the menu a bit more and actually kind of think like oh that looks interesting or oh, what's the other people that have a table having oh I might want to get that yeah. that's my biggest frustration for when people in the UK just want to have British or UK kind of like palettes and that no you need to expand your palette broaden a bit more broaden yeah, broaden broaden bit. yeah try the local food and stuff like that you know like that's my biggest biggest kind of like bugbear people say like, oh yeah I just want chips especially with like little kids as well because <laughs> it's like they don't want to try anything oh, I just want chips it's like huh oh no like yeah that's like it's a big frustration for me I remember when I went, I think it was holiday before COVID, but it was like a, um all-inclusive kind of holiday. But the mm. catering food was really good. And every night it was something different. It was like Spanish tapas or next night it was something um, seafood. I remember it was in the queue and there was someone behind me and I thought it was a parent mocking their kid because they yeah. wouldn't eat anything apart from chips. Mm. Turned around and it was the parent literally be like, what, what am I going to eat? Chips? Just chips? I can't eat this. I was like pointing at stuff. He was like, "What even is that?" Like I was thinking, oh it was like God. it was some sort of paella or something. And I was looking. I was like, "Why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> why, have you, yeah. why have you bothered spending like this amount of money to come on holiday to stay at home?" Yeah, <laughs> the mind boggles. The mind boggles with that. But I think it's just kind of like even like I have some friends like and like I'm not going to mention her name as well. But like, <laughs> she she travelled or she travelled around like Asia and stuff and then like she does was last like in Thailand, Vietnam. So I was like, oh, she used like curries and I said, oh yeah, I like curry, but I don't like rice. I just I said, so what do you have it with then? Oh, chips. Like, like what? <laughs> what? Like you can literally have that in the UK like yeah. I, don't, I don't like rice like okay fair enough like you know <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I have some kind of friends that's kind of like you know have that kind of like just that beige kind of palette you know yeah it's all the beige on the plate that's 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 them and they're fine that'll do that yeah but I have some friends as well like even like my friend James he's from Port Glasgow and like um, he's moved back he's a social worker and he's moved back down there now and he like lived, no, he lived in America for a bit. He's working like Camp America in St. Louis. So he's around a lot of like African-American kind of food and stuff like that. So he loves spicy food as well. So like, you know, like we can kind of converse and talk about food for like, you know, for a lot as well. He just gets it like, yeah, you need to expand your palate, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, for me, I, um, I'm going to Portugal. I'm going to the Algarve, like from about 19, I was me and like, um, like family in law and stuff like that. And like, it's good because the people we're going with as well. Some of them live in Spain already. And it's just kind of like, we'll just go, go out. We'll, we'll choose some really nice, 
Yeah, I think it was like when we go on holidays, it's like, yeah, we're going on holiday and you're going to be here. Like, you don't know when you're going to be back. So you make a point, actually, we'll go somewhere really nice and then like, you know, go and eat. And, and you know, yeah. I love that. I love that kind of aspect. I don't know, like for you, but I grew up in a, I had like, I got four other siblings and my wife's got four other siblings. So I'm just okay. used to that big kind of table of sharing kind of stuff mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, I've been, I grew up with that and she grew up with that as well. Like, um, you know, her grandmother was French as well, so that's kind of like bound to kind of happen. So for me now, it's just like, it's not even a thing, it's just like, you know, we all order different meals, but we'll try our, our meals yeah. as well. You know, I love that. Best way to be. Best yeah, way to be. Try absolutely. We're just about at the end of the podcast, but I think everyone at home will be thinking it as well, is you strike me as a doer. You're yeah. like, I, you seem to grab opportunities if you see it and do it. How important do you think that is? Like, I mean, my girlfriend probably say otherwise because if I see an opportunity and go do it, she's like, right, you don't need any anything else to do. <laughs> like, chill. <laughs> but how important do you think it is to be that kind of way inclined? Do you know, for me, it just keeps my mind fresh, man. I, I think for me, like, I can, like, easily kind of get restless. I don't know if, like, your partner's, like, says the same thing, but my wife's, like, yeah, just like put the phone down. You're always on the phone. Like, was watching Stranger Things, uh, probably a quiet bit. I was thinking, like, got through notifications or emails. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, so it's just like, yeah, for me, it's it's so kind of like important. I feel like, but I've been probably a bit more kind of chill with it as opposed to, instead of like, you know, being like, right, yeah, I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to get yeah. on it. Since I've had like, a, you know, since I had, like, we had our daughter um, back in like 2019, for me, I was doing podcasts weekly and have back, you know, backlog kind of stuff. Yeah. And then even now, the podcast is in the hey, I just kind of took that decision to be like, with everything else I'm doing as a full time job, you know, being the founder and director of like We Air Scotland, we can actually, you know, let me just do 10 episode series. And it's kind of like, you know, like literally now, I don't need to prove anything. Everything I want yeah. to prove is done. So, and like, people can you know who just introduce the podcast can go and listen to it and you know listen to all those kind of episodes which is good for me it gets numbers up and stuff like that exactly, for the stats yeah. as well so for me it's just kind of like I've always kind of thought like still for me I, I probably be I, I probably can be describe myself as a bit of a restless soul I kind of think like if somebody gets in touch with me and says oh could I maybe get some advice and stuff I want to help as well so I'm just like oh right, cool yeah okay this is what yeah. I've done and stuff like that I think this is kind of like in my nature to kind of not kind of chill and stop I will be doing this on holiday I'm definitely and I'm saying this I want my wife to listen to this as well <laughs> like <laughs> as well when I'm on holiday I'm on holiday like yeah. the podcast and I'll come back to the podcast like when we come back in like late September and stuff but I was like yeah I'm going to this chill and I found that as well that um a part of it as well that I don't I don't feel like I always have to do everything all the time I can take time to myself and just and just chill and actually be in my family be present with like friends and like family and I think this is this is well and I'll say this to like people listening there's that big thing as well and it always kind of happened for me in the first kind of few years when I was doing the podcast of actually getting burnout because obviously I was doing yeah. like I was doing markets then with like pick up the D merch and stuff like that and I was thinking like actually when it came to like Christmas time I couldn't even really enjoy myself and be very present with them like my wife so now like, like since my daughter was born has been like right actually from this point in December or November I'm winding down now yeah. I'm winding down and this is kind of like a mantra in my head is actually just chill and then January kind of I'm like oh yeah back on it again as well yeah. I think that's kind of good though to kind of actually take that break and then when you can come back to stuff you get that kind of new enthusiasm for it because if you keep going and going and going and you going get worn out yeah. you get worn it gets you get worn out it gets boring and you kind of feel like oh you know you lose that motivation so for me just now like taking the breaks at the right time but still I'm like trying to find that bit of being like okay yeah you don't have to respond to that email straight away chill out just relax you know <laughs> yeah. that emails come through like you know they'll be surprised if you respond within like two minutes like yeah. so just like yeah. yeah so I think for me it's actually yeah I've definitely got to a point of actually more chill more kind of balance and just being like okay yeah I'll get to that when I can or if I have if I have that spare time but like, oh yeah I can respond to that as well not feeling like oh you have to be constantly on the go 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 yeah. so I think for me yes yeah, that you know still kind of important in terms of actually kind of doing things as well and, and even for me is thinking about like we are Scotland I was saying this to a, a message conversation with a friend of being like I'd love to be in that position where is that it's well established that the old when I'm older I could have been like, actually doesn't need me like like a, somebody in their mid-40s or like early 50s to kind of still be a part of this I can pass it on to someone else to kind of run. That's like my kind of thoughts on that, you know, and I can be like focusing on the podcast or what any other kind of creative pursuit I'm doing at the time as well. So yeah, I think like, you know, 
I was kind of like just kind of bear that in mind that yeah that um thing like life is good but it's just kind of like yeah just take just take, just take a chill pill like just chill yeah. like, can't believe I just said chill pill <laughs> like, you know you know you can just chill sometimes it's on record well. yeah it's on record now damn it <laughs> I know I think we're cut from the same cloth I think yeah. yeah I I need to learn to not be so immediate with stuff like I can just like have an idea about something write it down but I don't have to do it straight away it doesn't have to add yeah. to the list of like right I'll do this now I'll do this now like yeah. just need to chill out a bit definitely mm-hmm. yeah but I was gonna say I know I know I don't take up your time I know this is just like, <laughs> like uh, but it's one thing as well like I've seen like especially uh is in the US as well a lot of like podcasting seems to be monetized way more in the US and actually yes. then than the UK you got a lot of comedians obviously um and like this actors starting podcasts and the things some of the things I've seen like I've seen some actors in the US or like entertainers start podcasts and they don't keep up with it they do like yeah 10 or maybe like 10 they episodes or, yeah a one two kind of series but yeah. it's so kind of monetized in the way as well that they even like I've seen some comedians have like three or four podcasts or something. I was like, what? So it's literally they've, they've made that like a full-time income. Yeah. And also they kind of stream that as well. So they've got the YouTube channels and stuff like that. And I don't know whether it's something that you ever thought about kind of doing as well, getting a YouTube channel and stuff and like filming yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. I thought about it and I thought like, so actually funny, you say this at the start of the podcast on uh, series three, when I was interviewing people, I was saying to people, oh yeah, if you, um, I'll film the conversation, I'll probably put on YouTube and edit that. And then ha- I think two episodes in, I was like, no, like this is another <laughs> thing I don't need to be editing because I've got yeah. to edit two things now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I was like, I will just stick to audio and that is yeah. what I will do for now. Um, I mean, that's me quoted now, but probably series four, I'll be like, yeah, I'm doing video now. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah, I know. But it's, yeah, and that's funny you say that with American podcasters mm-hmm. that it is very much monetized over there because I know from um, the hosting platform I used before, it was like, oh, only available US for monetizing. Yeah. I was like, it's a bit annoying like for like especially like for people who are getting into it and it's mm-hmm. a hobby but it's a nice like return like to know that you're getting some benefits yeah. you're getting people onto their platform yeah but, hey yeah way it is I won't start my rant <laughs> <We'll only get laughs> <that. laughs> but uh yeah but thank you so much for um making the time to speak to me you know today it's been so great to hear about all your projects that are going on mm. and the creators fund as well which is just amazing so everyone who's listening i will put like his podcast and we are here scotland and all the links to everything you need to know about in there and i do prod you to go and have a look and find out more as well and get backlogged on his all his episodes and start listening through them because there's some really good ones in there so cheers. thanks again Ika, and i'll see you soon thanks colin cheers You've been listening to Dishing It, the podcast all about food in Scotland. All the businesses and accounts mentioned in today's episode are detailed in the show notes below, so you can add them straight onto your food list. If you've liked today's episode, remember to subscribe, like, review, share the podcast, you know the script. It all helps in spreading the food inspiration far and wide. And if you've really liked today's show and you'd love to show your support for the podcast, I don't ask for much. You can buy me a coffee through the link below. It all helps in making future episodes of the podcast. So, small violin packed away for another day. Join me next time for more food chats and food frolics all across Scotland. Stay safe, eat well, and speak soon.